from the Persinium podcast. The podcast about where my note go. I <laughs> you already down. messed up. The filmmaking, about filmmaking movie and movie watching. watching from the Persinium Film Society. <laughs> this is Tim. This is Dustin. And this is episode 26 from season one. Is it really that far? It is that far along. Wow. And how long have we been doing this? I think 17 March? years and three months. It was just started like in March, wasn't it? It was, yeah, in early March. February and March, yeah. Yeah, March, April, May, June. Yeah. yeah, four months. That's pretty good. Yeah. And... It seems like 17 years. <laughs> it seems like 17 years. Especially for... We have 17 years worth of content. Yes. This is our season-ending episode. We are taking a few-week break. We to recoup. Co- to recoup and do more research and enjoy our summers for a little bit. Before our school seasons start back up. We will be back for season two. So this is not the end of the podcast. Is this the end of season one? Hopefully we'll, uh, we're going to have some new ideas. Yep. Some, we'll be doing some new stuff next season. We're looking at the end of August. Yeah, possibly. we'll shoot for the end of August. Yeah, it's a couple of weeks away. That's when no, it's, just, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. when the we school season starts we back up and... We're going to hang out by the pool for the next couple of weeks and drink beers. No, I'm not doing no. that. But I still have work me, me to neither. do. Me yeah. <laughs> We're still working still on stuff. stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> We're just looking to enjoy some of the summertime. What we're going to do is discuss some current movies and recap our discussions of likes and dislikes over season one. Yeah. So we're gonna drop that in because we already had the, we already had the conversation. <laughs> we're starting the magic with magic. We started with the middle. Yeah, we're at the we're technically at the end in real life, but yep. you're getting it at the beginning. That is the magic of Tim's editing skills. I am a master. <laughs> I was able to not remove the clicks in that one episode. Tim has also forced me to learn how not to cuss on the uh, air. So it's good practice for us because I got sick of hearing the. I only did that once when I made you play. When I played static over you. Yeah, that terrible static. That shitty static. Oh, you failed, Tim. There you go. <laughs> Moving on with our episode, episode twenty-six, season one, end of season one. Our discussion of what's going on and what's coming down in the next season. Next season. 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 Season two. Season two is where Tim reveals his true form as a space alien. Spoiler alerts. I'm on disc seven. Yeah. If you poses. watch says disc seven of season one yeah, there's of this, Ancient Aliens, it's all about There's me. a scene where in season two where Tim unzips his back and he unfolds his human skin. Yes. And you see his true form, which is a green, slimy monster. Just like in Cocoon, but different. Yeah, but not old people. Oh wait. They were just glowy figures. They were a little old. Yeah. Yeah, but then they got young and they were banging. Remember that part? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. And that was one of my my realizations of middle age yep. when I looked up when you wanted to be an old person. No, banging. no. When I looked uh, up how old Wilford Brimley was when he I made that know. movie, yeah, and he was younger then than I was when I looked it up. I was like, now oh. how old was he? He was like in his late forties. That's it. Yeah. Oh my god. He did not look like it. That's some good makeup. No, not Wilford Brimley. Was it? No, Brian. Uh, Denny, but even then, the old people weren't nearly as old as I thought they were. Yeah, but they could have. I mean, there's makeup, and they could have manipulated it. Yeah, could have. They probably did. And also, at that point in time, people were allowed to get old, and you didn't have to have facelifts and hair oh yeah, to... yeah. But also, when I looked up and found out that Patrick... I was like, "Are you not allowed to anymore?" 
how old nervous. Patrick Stewart was when he started filming Star Trek Next Generation. How old was he, actually? Early he had 40s. hair. He had He's some old. hair. Have you seen that picture that was floating around of what they, the, the toupee they wanted him to wear? No. They, they wanted him to not be bald. Because bald didn't make sense right. for... Yeah. So they, there's a picture of him with a toupee oh, on. That's terrible. It's really... He does not look good in the toupee. Well, there's a there's when Next Generation came out, there was a lot of backlash with Trekkies because they wanted to see Kirk and Spock and McCoy, right. and so they're already like I guess the first couple of seasons it was kind of an uphill battle with the fans where they didn't know if Picard was going to take. But now a lot of people like Picard better than Kirk. So I'm still a, I'm still your Picard guy. No, I'm a Kirk. Oh yeah, I am too. Yeah, little Trekkie information yeah. for you. And then the rest were garbage. <laughs> the rest of the Star Trek? <laughs> just start, yeah, Star Trek. Um, Captains or whatever they were. I yeah. don't know. They were interesting. Yeah. They're no Kirk or Picard. That's why we talk about Kirk and Picard. Moving on with our discussion of movies and stuff and theories and season two and what else do we talk about? You know what? You let's can listen just, to it. Let's just let them listen. You can listen to it and find out for yourself. And while we're gone, we'll be storming Area 51. Will we? You didn't hear about the Area Fifty One. Yeah, I, I, uh, I had to look it up because I didn't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't pay attention to the right. news, and I don't have a TV. I didn't either. So. Somebody told me about it, but then it was hilarious. Once yeah. I, I've seen the memes, but yeah. So Tim, the reason we're storming Area Fifty One is to get Tim back to his spaceship. Yes. I but don't know I'll if we're be, gonna succeed. But I'm gonna time travel in my spaceship so I can come back for season two. Yeah. Or you've already time traveled. Technically, if I've already gotten you I there, you could be back. That. You could be back. And I'm going to have Captain Marvel um, fly me around. Well, if we get into trouble, she'll show up and yeah. win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on with our discussion. Of whatever. Of whatever. Do you want to play us in for that one? No. No, no we'll save in? that till the end. That tasty. I'll ruin it all. Spoiler we'll alert. Save that tasty morsel. All right. Babble. Babble. Blah, 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 blah. This hot sauce says they always come back. So what were your midsummer... Retake. So do you want to talk? You don't want to talk about that? Oh, one? I can. For I upgraded it to an A. Yeah, from an A minus to an A. Well, I caught things the second time. I didn't catch the first, obviously, because I knew what was going to happen. One of the things I caught was you know, a little minor thing, but when she's in the apartment saying <coughs> that she's going to go, and she's talking to was his name Mark. In the background, on top of the refrigerator, is a picture of the scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. And at the end, when Mark is put in the burning thing he's stuffed with straw which is another connection with visuals but actually what got me the most was watching the finale scene the second time i had different emotions than i did the first time so watching it the first time you're kind of like shocked like oh they're really gonna do this the second time watching it because i knew what was coming the way it shot it shot way more like a drama and you kind of feel bad like, I felt bad because the whole point is their relationship is ending. And so the way it's shot is I felt more, like, sadness in that scene where she's looking at him sitting there. Like, neither of them are moving, really. So they're right. both kind of paralyzed and what. And then Amanda brought up that she thought that when she chose him, she did it out of pity for him because he couldn't move or talk or whatever. He was paralyzed is the way Amanda read it. And I was like, I don't know. But then I watched it because she told me that before I went to see it a second time. And when she is first, when it, the when it's first catching on fire and you see her, she's crying. 
But then it like sets in, and then she is relieved because she cut him. I mean, the whole thing is an allegory of their relationship right. ending. But I also read the end as when you the way it's shot, where all the people are in the back like screaming. They're all doing various emotions right. of grief or – which represents her – I mean, the whole thing is her getting over her parents' death, essentially. And so that's how why at the end she smiles because that's all them – all the emotions she's not allowed to show throughout the whole are thing not, are she, is shown through that. Yeah, and now they're gone and she can – Because they never implied that he was paralyzed for life. It, more, it, it like wasn't for life, but he wasn't moving. Right. They, they woke him up and said, that's okay, you can't – you can't move or speak. Or talk, yeah. Yeah. So he said to sit there he and listen to his judgment. Right. But that was Amanda's interpretation, which is different than mine because she's Viewing a female. perspective, yeah. Yeah. So. So it was interesting. Rewatching it, it all held up. I liked it better the second time. Was it as shocking? The shocking scenes where they is, like when the, the couple jumps off the cliff? No, I mean, it's still, the way it's shot is well done. It's not, it wasn't shocking. I but even the way it's shot, you know they're going to do it. Right. Like, it wasn't a surprise to me. I don't think it's – nothing in the movie is really a surprise, which is very interesting. And I was telling my brother, because my brother, he liked it as well. And Was uh, that his first time seeing yeah, it? Yeah, he hadn't seen it yet. And it was actually surprisingly hard to find it, like a theater that was playing it down there. Because it was weird. the two or three-week curve and, is over. Yep, and, yep. Um, we had to drive to, like, the south side of Orlando to go to some theater and see it. Because <clears throat> around tourist area, it was all Spider-Man, Disney, right. all that stuff. Whatever the hot movie is this week. Yeah. I said what I really like about it, and I, I you know, I'll probably write about this once the Blu-ray comes out and I can actually do it, but um how God, it's been a long day. Yes. Last name. Ari Aster. How he it's how he teaches you at the very beginning how to watch the film. So when it does that mural thing, he's literally showing you here's the entire movie right. in a piece of art. So now you need to look at the art in the movie, and you'll see. So, which is very interesting. I mean, that's a unique. And if you don't pick up of, on that on that cue, you right. can still be visually excited by what you can. Like. But it'll be deeper if you're because you're looking and going, "Oh, he's literally showing us." Like when the guy's sitting there and looks at the the stuffed bear. Yeah, the drawing. And then her, well, yeah, and her painting on the wall above her bed is the the girl with the crown on and the giant bear, which is what he represents. Right. Which is just, I mean, I like stuff like that, though, where it's the director saying, you know, here's how to watch this movie. Nolan does that, too, in The Prestige at the very beginning. Uh, he sets it up where at the the first lines of the movie are, are you watching closely? And then it's Michael Caine's character. I forget his name because I haven't seen it. But Michael Caine's character explaining how a magic trick works. So then the movie operates on like three different levels where you can watch it as Nolan saying, this is literally a trick where I'm tricking you and I'm showing you at the beginning. It, but you then you can watch it on the other levels too where it's it's still a story and they're doing this, but then there's the levels of the characters are also playing magic tricks on each other essentially to okay. fool. But I like that stuff. Because, yeah, he literally, the first time you watch it, you're like, what? Because it cuts from that scene to like a completely different or character. I know you haven't seen The Prestige, but... I haven't seen that one. That's probably my... I think that's Nolan's best movie. Maybe. Maybe Dunkirk. I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. Has right he, now. Has he made bad movies? Uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen everything he's made. The, the third Batman wasn't great. It was all right. Was that his? Yeah. Okay. It was all right. It wasn't... 
Insomnia is good, but I don't rem- I don't I saw it a long time ago and I don't remember it being particularly remarkable. It was good, but I don't I don't know, maybe I should watch it again. It's been years and years and years, but years and years. Insomnia was early. It was like right after Memento, I think. So you can forgive him for still learning his learning the ropes. Yeah. Everyone does everyone get better as they make more movies? No, some people get worse. A lot of people get worse. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. I think Steven Spielberg is still good. He, few, I, he has a few spikes that still pop up. Like, he does. I, he still knows how to make movies, but sometimes I think he is so much ingrained in like the business aspect, kind of like George Lucas did. But George Lucas stopped directing. Right. But I think Spielberg still still. I mean, he's got his hand in every cookie jar. So then, every now and then, yeah, he just makes it. That's why he's getting older. So what? Some but also, some of his movies now that are still good, they're kind of boring. Like, Bridge of Spies, it was a good movie. Like, it was well-made, but I wouldn't watch it again. Like, I watched it, and I thought, oh, yeah. Lincoln was like that for me. I would not watch that again. I got it. I watched it, and I said, yeah, that's what happened. Thanks. The 18th Amendment. Cool. (laughs) Like, I knew it was going to happen, so it's like, well, yep, they're going to pass it. And he gets shot. Did he get shot in it? I I forget if they showed that or not. I think they ended it with him in the Ford Theater. Yeah, they never really show it, because remember... Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. They didn't show it. He right. left. <laughs> he was leaving. Or maybe that was... Which one was it? Those are both were good movies. Or was it Lincoln? Was he... Lincoln's the very end where he's leaving for Ford Theater. Or was that Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? I don't know. I, I watched them <laughs> shortly between each other, so... Yeah, I think they both... There's like an the Abraham Lincoln movies. spike. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway. No, not everyone gets better. Some get worse. Quentin Tarantino, I think. He didn't get better. I think Pulp Fiction's his best movie. Did you see the interview with him? Because I guess he's pitched a storyline, an R-rated storyline for Star Trek. Yeah, there's rumors that he was going to do that, but and I don't think he's going to. This was just out this week, I think. And I guess Shatner tweeted saying, I'm in. Yeah, I did. That's and then Twitter, Tarantino though. came back and said, if I direct Star Trek, that will be my tenth and final movie. That would be a weird ending. That's what people are saying, and then people are like, well, you have a loophole because it's not a Quentin Tarantino movie. You're taking someone else's property, so that really doesn't count. And he's like, if I'm looking for loopholes, I guess I could try that. But I told people 10 is 10, and if I start doing loopholes, then... Right. That would be weird. Yeah. That, that's not going to happen. Also, why do we need a rated R Star Trek movie? Apparently the storyline is interesting. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> nah. I think Star Trek's one of those uh, franchises that's it's uh, no more. Stop it! Stop doing it. Because they had the fourth one that died. They were they were working on the fourth one, like it, Star Trek Four. Yeah. Or you mean the recent reboot? The four. recent reboot with. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were working on the fourth one, and they finally like nope. They just stopped. Is that bad? I think I think. They couldn't get everyone they needed, or oh. the, the main actors didn't like the script, or the salaries, <laughs> or whatever. So, Oh, yeah, there's something with salaries, I think. Yeah. It was a Chris Pine now is making ridiculous money, but he wasn't before, so now so he, he wants, wants ridiculous redig- money. Yeah. And why would you do a movie for $2 million when you could be doing other movies? Chris, for Pine, Chris Pine, man. You're in Wonder Woman. I know. He can be, if you Being can make, Chris Pine. If you're making $20 million. He's not really that great of an actor. He's kind of the same. Even when he's Captain Kirk, he's not really Captain Kirk. He's Chris Pine as Captain Kirk. I felt wait, wait, the I other like... the others were more resemblant of their characters, whereas Chris Pine was Chris Pine. But having never seen him before, I liked him as Kirk. But now seeing him in Wonder Woman, correct? It's like, it's like oh, it's, it's the same, same guy. guy. Yeah, it's yeah. same guy. Yeah, same guy. So yeah, 
Yeah. You're no longer Kirk to me. Just he like wasn't Kirk to me anyway. Episode 3 ruined Darth Vader in 4. <laughs> yes, it did. No, you're not a scary figure anymore. (laughs) Poor Hayden Christensen. You ever seen interviews with him? He's always just kind of dejected. He's like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I like to believe some of those people are actually good actors. It's like the Star Trek Next Generation episode when Picard is being held as a hostage. By the Borg? No, not by the Borg, by the Cardassians. Yeah. And he's questioned. It's a two-parter. Oh. and The The Borg one was, too. And the, the Cardassian kept saying, how many lights are behind me? Because they were torturing him and trying to get him to to just crumble and admit. Because he said there are four lights. And he's like, no, there are five. Is four. Someone said <laughs> there's Why? there's four behind him. And he wants Picard to say five or four. anyway, something like that. And they're starving him. And he's like sitting Picard walking walking around like in a thong. <laughs> And I, I missed that one, yeah, I guess. It's, it's, a really good, it's a really good series of episodes. <laughs> but at one point in time, the Cardassian is serving, is opening up an egg. Yeah. And he gives Picard an egg. And it's like, a, it's a fertilized egg that it's almost alive. Uh-huh. And you have to eat it and you gulp it down. Oh, yeah. And so Picard does that because he's been starving. And then the Cardassian tells him this story about when he was an orphan living on the streets and had to fight for his food. And this is all they could find, and blah 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 blah, and that's and then Picard was like, "I no longer see you as a threat. I see you as a starving little orphan who's afraid. You no longer, basically, you no longer can terrify me." And the Cardassian like looks, he's like, "I've ruined my ability to brainwash you." Much like the Kardashians with Kanye West. How was where's that, where's that connection? <laughs> Kanye, Kanye West just kept up a card. They're torturing him? Yeah. Are they? Same with Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn Jenner. He wanted out so much that Always Caitlyn he transitioned? Jenner. Yep. That's a good or segue. Or they, they created such a wonderful environment for him that he could feel comfortable. The Cardassians. Why yeah. were they torturing him? I don't know. You're uh, the one that brought it up. The Cardassians? Oh, they wanted, inf- nah, they wanted, yeah. oh, they wanted um, Picard to reveal... The, the codes to Starfleet. No, not the codes, but their defense yeah. plans for if the Cardassians invaded through the... Always. Yeah. yeah. The shields or whatever. The, the yeah. wormhole by Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah. There's I, a wormhole by Deep Deep Space Nine? Is that whatever? I think that's what... I don't know. They wanted, I watch Deep Space Nine. Oh. Well, they wanted the... I heard it's good. I liked it. It was different. Yeah. I don't I, know. I haven't seen the new Star Trek. Have you seen the, the no, Discovery? Not, or I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I literally don't care. I like the original. I'm a fan of the original. As cheesy as it is, that's some of the. It's it's some still of the good fun. stuff. Yeah, it's good storytelling. It is some of the fun movies, Tim movies. and films. Have oh. you watched Lion King yet? No, I it's just not out, out yet. Oh God! Out, well, I heard it's tonight. bad. I heard it's a flopper. All the reviews I've said it's pretty much a shot for shot. I did, but it, that's what the flopper is. If you haven't seen not. the original, then you're entertained. I think they're getting burnt out. The people, the people are getting burnt out on them. Disney better we'll, pump we'll, the brakes. We'll see how much money they make on it. They don't make tons of money because that's... Uh, yeah. But I watched two or three reviews because I'm not going to see it. Um, and they're both similar where they said the CGI is not... It's what it's it's good, but it's weird because the none of the animals have expressions. Yeah, they can't emote. Right. Whereas the cartoon, they had human faces where they... yeah. Oh, they could emote, yeah. Yeah. But I guess what is weird about it is, is the shot-for-shot stuff. Because sometimes it's not shot-for-shot, 
And so they said where there's lines that are directly from the movie, it sounds off because you're so used to hearing Jeremy Irons saying it. Right. But then the new actor, forget his name, is delivering it in a different register, a different tone, and it doesn't even, they said it doesn't, like the scene where Scar loses his lunch, I guess, Jeremy Irons, it's more humorous, but then the way the new Lion King depicts it, it's just kind of, you made me lose my lunch. Like, boring. Eh. So they said that's where it really, it falls flat. Yeah, I haven't heard anything good about it. But anyway. There's no stampede scene, which is weird, I guess. There has to be one. There, there is, but one. I guess they said there's no... Some of the things that are missing, they said, are some of the kind of amazing shots from the animation, like rising over the hill and seeing Pride Rock. That's missing. What were they? Wildebeest? Like, running over the hilltop and, like, him seeing that that's gone. Now it's just, like, yeah, a they did the whole whatever the Hitchcock pan thing is where his Trombone face, shot. Yeah, the trombone yeah. shot with animation. Right. That's gone. It's just kind of a... Just animals running. I guess Hans Zimmer's score is good because it's the Lion King score. (laughs) So (laughs) did he he write the first one? Yeah, they said so. If you're like a music file, it'd be neat to go and say because he did a little tweaks here and there, but they said it's pretty close to his original. But if you want to go and try to pick out where he deviated, uh, I don't feel like going and doing that. But um, because I still Disney's your thing, so I still remember when that first came out. And sitting in the theater the first time, because that was before the internet, so we didn't get heads up on what things no. were and trailers. You went in. But and, they, they and remember they stuck it at the beginning of Aladdin when you bought the... Um, they did a sneak preview of the VHS of Aladdin yeah. when you bought it, because Aladdin was huge, and then they had like a five-minute sneak preview. But just the opening scene of the ants carrying the mm-hmm. leaves, and then they do the, the shift of folk, Death of Field from mm-hmm. the ants... And then the whole, all the animals moving in, and then the the rise of the music. Yeah, with it, that's yeah, that was good. that was an amazing. And I you didn't even see the the title card didn't even come up till after the first after the first song, which was cool. Yeah, I still think that's one of the one of the best openings of movies. Yeah, and, and Disney's master or Pixar because we've talked about that several times with Up and Wally. Those first ten minutes of the movie are just amazing. Yeah, I think Lion King right reads right up there. Yeah, the, the original. I don't know what. I, yeah, I don't know what the they're going to do. Are they going to do the same thing or try to? It's not going to feel the same. It's not the same because I'm saying it's going to be flat. Because I, I was say, still yeah, just impressed this. knowing about the animation. There was hand-drawn animation and the fact that they pulled off this amazing, stunningly beautiful opening scene. It was hand-drawn. Yeah. And paying attention to that is just fascinating. And knowing the CGI now, it's like you can do anything in CGI. That being said, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I feel like, I don't feel as though The Lion King is the most, um, how do I want to phrase this, exciting Disney films of that era. Like, I think, I feel like Little Mermaid is a better movie than Lion King. The pacing of Lion King is a little slow in parts. It do you is. agree? Do you disagree? Yeah, I agree. Also, it's ripped off from... Kimba the white yeah, lion. But I, I, at the time I didn't know. No, that. no one and knew I, that. And I still yeah. haven't seen it. The, the I watched it. There's a good there's a good uh video on YouTube that I watched. It's about twenty minutes long. Because I had never seen Kimba the White Lion. I had heard about oh they ripped it off, but there's parts in it that are it's hard not to look at it and go, Oh yeah, like shots. Shots yeah. actually taken from directly from Kimba the White Lion. But then they also have stuff like Roy Disney slipped up and said things about I guess originally the the plans were to make back in the eighties Kimba the White Lion, 
but for Disney, and then it right. kind of fell through, and then there were people it. animating it that thought they were making Kimba the White Lion, and then it turned out it wasn't. Yeah, it was a whole weird thing. But, but I'll do the whole, it's the... Not all of it is stolen. So, right. like, right. the Hamlet storyline and all that, although... Hamlet, yeah, but it's kind of a lot of what Disney does is they use kind of universal themes, kind of like we said with the hero's journey with Star Wars. Yeah. That's not the first time or the last time. Like you're not gonna go to Harry Potter and go, "Oh, it's Star Wars, it's ripped off." No, it's just the it's right. the hero's journey. It's the same way with kind of the Lion King. Even Hamlet stole that story, or Shakespeare stole Hamlet from something else. So he right. was always. So but, it's not. It's hard to go. Yeah, that's ripped off. But the the parts where it's like shot for shot, yeah, that's. But it still goes back to what we've, I've talked about before with an emotional connection to a movie because of you, you came upon it at a certain phase in your life right. where it resonated. And Lion King came when I was moving from one city to the next and uprooting my life. And I think I was ending a relationship and all kinds of stuff. And seeing that movie... No, I'm not knocking Lion King. No, no, like no. But I'm just saying that there, there, there are certain aspects of, of, a move, of movies that move into the subjective yeah you can't you can't qualify or quantify it's like there are things that happen in that and i think you going to see the cgi it's not gonna right if you've connected with it like that it's not you're not gonna get the same out of it i mean you might be able to look and say oh the animation's cool but you know at this point you're dropping that much money in cgi the animation should look cool like like we discussed with love death and robots there were some some of those cgi sequences i mean they looked almost lifelike yes and that's on a Netflix. So, yeah, Disney, you should be making cool-looking movies at this point. Because that was my comment when we, when we reviewed Love, Death, and Robots, is I felt, after seeing the quality of graphics of animation they put together, I felt cheated by Disney, Pixar, Sony, everyone else, yeah. knowing that this level of animation is available and we're getting right. what we're getting some in those movies. subpar yeah. animation. And then there's some that are really that's really good. I always thought Frozen was overrated with the animation. I saw it. I thought this is what everyone's raving about. Like Tangled had better animation. Yeah. Brave has better animation. But oh well. So each I don't, is I don't remember Frozen ever getting too many accolades for its animation. People were raving about how great it looked when it came out. It was remember all the all the Disney fans were they're losing their minds over that movie. The music and the animation the and, and, the, and the, story. the music's lackluster. Ugh, I already went over this. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is part of this is is our season one recap. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And bringing conne- bringing together all the mishmash and stew we've talked about. Yeah, over the last like twenty five episodes. Yeah, it'll be like a return. It'll be like Marty McFly. It's like or, or the flashback episodes of all series when they at the end of a season or they have nothing else to talk about they. Do the, oh, the God, flashbacks. Yeah. They, you remember? I that remember scene? this. <laughs> you remember they always like Full House had like seven of those episodes. We had to watch. They were watching home videos, quote unquote, but it was just you watching parts of the series yeah. again. But then you would sit they, and watch they film, it. They filmed for three minutes, but showed uh-huh. 20, like, oh, 21 minutes of old stuff. Michelle, remember that time we sang you that Righteous Brothers song? Woo, woo, yeah. Woo, woo, woo. And then we. Well, get that's it. this, folks. No, we're not. We're not. We're yeah. actually gonna talk. We're not gonna splice stuff. We yeah. could spice stuff. We could be lazy. Actually, that'd be more work, I think. <laughs> I do have stuff I pulled out from our previous episodes ah, that I've been saving in, in a file. Tasty nuggets? Yeah. Wait, and, and things we that, that have heard, we've heard before or things we haven't heard? Things we have not heard. Oh, you, and I, you and I have heard, but no one else has. Oh, boy. I'm excited, too, because I don't remember. I know. 
There's some days people ask me, remember you said this on the podcast? And I literally look at them and say, no. I don't remember saying that. Because um, as we've talked about, in, in case you can't tell, this is not scripted stuff. No, I there's some things that I say. I, I think I remember talking about that. As we know. as we get ready for season two, do we, do we want to be more scripted? No. You like being the improv? You've said that people have commented that they like our banter. Yeah, I think... So some of ours have been closer to scripted, like the Disney ones, and I've had people say that they didn't like those as well. Not that they were scripted, but we had specific information. We, oh, we were, were reading. Follow, we were or, finding, yeah. following a timeline and a, yeah. a topic. What kind of things would you want to do in season two? Maybe we'll save that till the end. No, we can talk about it now because um, season two. Um, I want more guest interviews. Yeah, I like the interviews. We had we started off with Greg. Yeah, that was good. And then we had. Mike, we brought and Mike, Mike in. Mike and Mike for guest interviews, and then Henry. Henry, Henrik. Yeah. Who who is your dream host? Your, your dream guest? Who? Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> We've covered that. You and your <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. This. I want to have a margarita with Jeff Goldblum and during the podcast. And who knows? That might be entirely feasible. It might be. He might be in Troy, Ohio. Or we could just call him up and say, "Hey, Jeff." Yeah. Talk to um, us. Um. Tell us about your apartment. I would like to get more into the video side. What do you mean? Like filming. Oh, the... Our podcast. For like Facebook. part of it? Yeah. yeah. Like putting it on Facebook. We do the live stream thing, which is big now. If we get there. Maybe we'll do a couple live streams where we talk about something else for 10 yeah. minutes. Coming out of a movie and doing a quick right. stream live, of live streaming discussion. Yeah. Because that would be interesting after midsummer. Because we... we had a, a But we had to length. drive 40 minutes home. Yeah. But we, had, but we had a pretty good conversation about the movie. Right. During that drive, yeah, could have recorded that. That's kind of what I want to do. And what movies are we going to be doing reviews on? I do want to go see scary movie, scary movies, scary stories, which comes out what August? I don't think I've even heard of that one. Yeah, it's scary stories to tell in the dark. I, not ringing. You're a bell. older than me. It's my generation's. I haven't even seen a trailer for it. Yeah, it's uh It was a book. By Alvin Schwartz for kids, but the, it was not for kids. Oh, it was not? Yeah. Yeah. So they're making a movie of it now. And they're Guillermo del, 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 Guillermo del Toro is the producer. I don't think he's directing it, but visually it looks interesting. I don't know where they're going to go with this story. Are they going to keep say. it? Are they going to make it PG? Or are they going to go? It's PG 13, I guess. Okay. Which horror fans are like, oh, make it rated R. But I, whatever. If it's good in PG 13, it's good in PG 13. I if they're. I'm more worried about. If they're gearing it up for the, the people who are the target audience, which is your age group, or they're trying to make it. It's my age group. Or they're trying audience. to make it for the nah, next generation I think it's to start my, watching it. I think it's my age it's group. It's a throwback for you guys? Yeah. I'm excited about that. I'm not excited. I'm. Eh. You're looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What else do I want to see? I just had it in my mind, and now I forgot. Oh, I guess it chapter two. Although, ugh, I don't know. I like I like the first one, and I'm not one of those people who just because I like the first one, am peeing my pants to see the second one. Like it looks fine. I don't know if it looks as good as the first one, but I will go see it. Which comes out in September, September something. I don't know. I feel like it has a lot of hype, and I always get nervous when things have too much hype. Does that make sense? Yes. Just like we, we were talking about before about Stranger Things. Yeah. So we won't go into any spoilers, because you haven't watched them all yet. No. Stranger Things, Stranger Things Season 3. However, so far, it's like a C for me. I I'm, don't know. I'm developing a theory, which I've been working on for a while, because, you know, I have theories. You have theories. And I was piecing together... Previous movies, TV shows that the first season appeals to a subculture. Like X Files. X Files. Yeah. And then 
as it moves forward, it becomes more mainstream. More mainstream. Right. And it seems like it takes about three seasons three or three episodes for something who was wildly successful in season one. By the time you get to season three or episode three or whatever, that it falls apart. That makes sense because um, it ta- is, is, The is, Walking it, Dead, for instance. Th- things, <coughs> things can fall apart that quickly or can become um, right. taken over by popular Because it gets complicated so then. Once you become that big in pop culture, you're now catering to a wider, much wider audience. The Walking Dead is a really good example because I really liked the first season, which was only like, what, five episodes or something like that. It was kind of like a pilot season. Second season was good, and then the third season's where it started to. I, I wanted to like it a lot, and then I was kind of pulling away on some episodes, and then it just went off the rails. After that, it's still going on, I guess, but right. I, I haven't watched it in years. Um, it, it makes me glad, that but Firefly, it became so big that Firefly <laughs> stopped after season one. Yeah, aren't there because people wanting it back? Though? They are, but yeah. I think at that point in time, it would, it would fall prey of we need to make it. Yeah, I mean, shows go on too long. That's yeah, but they did one season. Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Yep. Once it, I liked the first one, two seasons, and then it just got. It they, turned. It went into that realm of relationships, and it's like, no, and, I wanted to watch the, these the dorks. Nerdy, the, their nerdiness, nerdiness became popular. Right. It became cutesy to be nerds. Well, yeah, and that's where the culture started turning. Right. Into, we're gonna wear flash shirts and act like Sheldon. No, Sheldon's not supposed to be appealing. <laughs> a role model. <laughs> yeah, he's he's kind of an a hole when you watch the show, but and it's comical. We, and as we've talked about growing up as nerds, yeah, that was that, a, seeing them. Transition into something that they became parodies of nerds right. as opposed to. Right. Trend- but the first couple seasons resonated because they're like, oh, they're nerdy. They're doing nerdy things. Right. It's funny. And it tr- felt like they were you nerdy. got the creepy one. You got the one that's quiet. You got Sheldon who's obnoxious. You got Leonard who's kind of. Leonard's kind of like the guiding. He's, he's, our, he's like the he's our every, gateway drug. Yeah, he's nerdism. the one that helps the audience connect with this world because he, sometimes he acts like they're weird. Sometimes. Whereas if you were trying to connect with, let's say, Howard, the show would be completely weird because he's a creep. So Leonard's like, you. He's like, here's your avatar going into this. But then at a certain point, it just, it, I mean, I didn't watch it after about season three or four because I realized what it was doing. And I thought, you have nowhere else to go. The writers, are, it's it's done. But yeah, you're right. I can see what you're saying. I'm but, trying to think of a show that is good after the third season. Or even movies. I, I, Toy Story 1, 2, 3... I think See, I was done with Toy Story after three. I said the story's been told. I got it. But but still, I think three still holds up as a good. No, three's good. good. You uh, can watch it good. by itself. Um, Godfather shows up as Godfather. Supposedly two is the best, but, but then three is a horrible yeah, disaster. Yeah, a dud. The third Nolan Batman's a dud. Uh, the third Batman before Nolan is a dud. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It, <laughs> it, 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 it takes about how many licks does it take to get the center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop? Yeah, one, one two, three. Two. Yeah, there you go. Um, Return of the Jedi is not as good as the other two. Because we had to bring in the Ewoks. We had to, right. Yeah. But, again, it's like, I don't, I don't know. And, they, don't be, know. and they become cutesy. Yeah, I don't know. Or funny. It's, I like I like your idea there, though. It holds water. There, there's, there are some guts there. It holds water. So far. So far. We'll, we'll look for holes. And I am... Leaky holes. I need to bring out my books again. There's a series of... Three-volume series of books about... Does it get bad after the third? I don't know. I, I'm still, I'm still, <laughs> still the reading. first one. <laughs> Talk, it's a series of essays about things moving some, from subculture to pop culture. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a common thing. But they're interesting, and I, and I forget who 
the editor of a lot of it. A lot of people point to cat. Like, and it depends what I guess what medium you're looking at, but film in particular and TV kind of falls into that, where film is already an industry based on technology and money making. That it's easy once it gets ingrained, it becomes a kind of a capitalist machine, and that's why you're getting Spider-Man Part Ten. There's another one. The Sam Raimi. Spider-Man yeah. 2 is good. 3. How about books? How about Harry Potter books? Do they... I, I didn't read all of them. Oh, that's true. I can tell you the movie. I've seen all the movies. Do the... Third's the best. So that that one doesn't fall within the... Four's all but, right. But, but Four's then, all right, though, but... But by the time the movies came out, there was already... They, yeah, the books were The books already. were already Most part of, of them. I don't think the seventh one was yet. No, but the, 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 the culture had already accepted yeah, yeah, and adopted yeah, yeah, yeah. the... Yeah. There was no... I know when the seeing the the movies going. I had no idea what I was doing. I was going to go see. I know when the first Harry Potter came out, they had only written to four. Because I wonder how she, and I'm sure there's an interview somewhere I didn't care enough to read, but how she juggled having the characters in her mind pre movie with then seeing the movies and then writing the books. Was she then writing the books, knowing that she's making? She had to have been somewhat towards the movies, right? I don't know, it's weird. It'd be an interesting, with, be an interesting those, podcast. With those actors in mind saying this is right. what Harry looks like now. And where the story's going to go, which would change it. It seemed like when I read the books... So you I read was, all of them? I read all the books. All right. I was taking creative writing classes, I think, at the time. Yeah. And when I read, started reading number five, it felt like somebody who had just taken a creative writing class. Like, she had written one through four. See, the movies were out by then, so right. maybe that was... And it felt like... She didn't know where to go, or her editors were saying, "This we need to to zazzle and right. up, step up our game." But it felt like somebody had written this for a creative writing class that had been workshopped. I mean, seven books is a lot of books to hold that thread through with one story. And if you said that they originally wrote one through four, then it makes sense that her writing changed right. when it came time to write five. I feel like she could really be turning those just different stories in the Harry Potter world. They'd be making killer money. Not like she needs money. I, but. Say she's, I think she's okay. Yeah, she she broke a billion, didn't she? Oh, several times. Yeah, I think she's. But she gave times. a lot. Of, she get not a lot of it, but she gave quite a bit of it away when she broke a billion. Right, but she's still making money With on the theme park. Yeah, at this point, parks. she's not going to lose money. Yeah, it's, I think her residual residual income checks are okay. Yeah, so you really don't need to write any more movies anyway. And then maybe a Harry Potter podcast. Well, then there's the whole the Harry game. Potter, yeah, what are the royalties? Going? Wizards Unite. I'm sure she's getting some money. Sure, on that. Warner Brothers is paying it out. And maybe Warner Brothers a lot of money. I had to update the game yeah, yesterday, too. and it's the number three grossing game of all time on Android right now. Oh, maybe we'll do a Harry Potter. That's true. We could we could do track the whole history of Harry Potter. Yeah, I would like to do more in depth studies like we did with the Disney kind of. I know that's not super exciting banter, but going in with some more research on topics. Yeah, a lot of that's than, our schedules too. Oh, I know. We just and you're gonna be you're gonna be busy this fall. Yep. Because you're testing soon? September. And what I'll happens after exams, that? exams. Dissertation. That's just writing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, right? Yeah, you can do that on Tuesdays. Watching a lot of movies. Because I'm Now you're moving from books to movies? I'll be watching a lot of movies. Because I'm writing my dissertation on film. Mainly horror films, so... It's going to be a lot of horror films. And you just came back from a break where you watched a lot of movies. I did watch several. Just for fun. It was well, fun movies. It was like yeah. a Tim fun movies. I watched Popstar, which was hilarious. 
pop star. Andy Samberg is Lonely Island made it. It's okay. like what 2016, 2017 it came out. It's hilarious. It's it's just one of those. You don't have to think too hard about well, you, you it. Were, you were on a break and you needed. Yeah, it's just funny to laugh at, and Lonely Island's hilarious with their rap song. So it's good. It's funny. You laughed. You yeah, I laughed. I laughed. My brother had never seen Pulp Fiction, so he watched Pulp Fiction. Did you laugh? I did laugh. There's funny parts in that movie. Yeah. I think he liked Pulp Fiction more the longer he thought about it. I think at first he was resistant. Well, you said Tarantino. you didn't like it when you first saw it. Yeah, I didn't. The problem with watching Pulp Fiction now is Tarantino is Tarantino. And so when you watch Pulp Fiction, it's hard to separate because he's now such a kind of parody. That we've seen. We've, we've seen, seen all these things, but it's hard to say, like, Pulp Fiction was somewhat new to cinema when this thing came out. Where nonlinear storytelling and the um, a lot of it is dialogue driven, but it's humorous, like, dialogue. But now that's what he, that's like his shtick, kind right. of. And it, so it's hard to then go, watch Pulp Fiction if you've never seen it, because you have in your mind, oh, here's what's going to happen, because it's Tarantino. Um, because that first came out. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah, especially it, the, it was nominated for a lot of Oscars and stuff, if I remember right. Uh, I don't know about that part. No, I think it's it was, because I think the front of my case has like seven Academy Awards or yeah. something. But just the whole, how he blended and intertwined stories. Yeah. And then that's just, good. And then the whole um, revitalizing of of Travolta's career. Yeah, it was. Travolta does a great job in that movie. Yeah, although I like Samuel L. Jackson better in it. I like Uma Thurman. I wish Uma Thurman was in it more. Yeah, but but her character in Pulp Fiction fits really well with the whole theme of the yes. movie. And I like. I just maybe you don't need more of her. I don't know. Maybe you'd we be, got we got. Just, Maybe it. you just got just enough, but it seems like when you're watching it, you want more of her. Which is what you want. You want to leave them wanting right, more. Right, that's if, a good point. If we had too much of her, then you're like, I'm tired of her. Yeah, character. you're right. Yeah. Backtrack. What was your favorite episode, Tim? My favorite episode. I'm looking at the list. I'm pulling up the list real quick. What is our highest, other than the first one? Our first one our still, first has, one's still has our most, our most listens. So then people really said, you guys suck. No, they like us because they like, I want to know more about you guys. Maybe we need another... What, what we we'll just now? keep doing number. We'll just keep doing introductory episodes. I liked our. I can't remember all of them. Endgame episodes only because it, it became interesting as the season went on. How much? How different we are, but how similar our grades were. Oh yeah, we you're were, right. We we saw very different things in movies. Like but Pet Cemetery was the turning point. And we go. I gave, I gave that one a D. Pet Cemetery. I, I forget what I gave, but we both agreed it was not. Pest Cemetery? Yeah. You give it a C. We yeah. both gave it a C. I think Endgame we agreed on a D, didn't we? Or did you say a C minus? I don't remember. Um, I think enough. I ended up bumping up Endgame after seeing it the second time. Ugh. I would have bumped it down. I like Jurassic Scream. Um, Even though we people didn't get to hear our fighting over Jurassic Park because we're both um, done with fighting about it. Yeah. But still, I like that one. I liked our Midsummer. I'm yeah, but that, those are quick cuts. Um, I like the ones... I like all of them. You like all of them, all right. But the ones where you saw the movie but I didn't, and you got to tell me or tell us about the movie yeah, without us having both seen it was kind of fun. Yeah. Because then I could ask you innocent questions like, why are they doing this? I wish somehow we could figure out a way that you and I would watch a movie and talk about it during that. Maybe the live stream. Maybe we'll do that. Because right. people can log in, log off. There could be funny kinda, parts. Kind of like rift tracks where they can listen in. Yeah. They can listen to us while watching the same movie we're right. watching. Right, that would be good. Yeah. That would be interesting. That would be a new uh, new angle. Which movies would 
that we can reach out and touch you through the digital medium. We're not really going to touch you. No. I'm just looking through. My, I'm looking through <laughs> no. the stack, and I've, I've added new <laughs> no. movies and stacks. Of oh movies. God, they're not on the wall though, so I can't see them. I just them. got them this week. Looper, Looper. I fine. like Looper. Looper's fine. I only saw I, it I, once. I, I, now, I keep thinking there's more to it than I'm not seeing. I don't think there's more to it, it's and that's not what I'm concerned really. about. Is like maybe it's not as cool as I thought it was. Did I you did, only watch it once? I've seen it a couple times. Oh. I love the job that Joseph Gordon-Levitt does as Bruce Willis. Yeah. Bruce Willis is Bruce Willis. I also bought The Princess Bride because I have never, still have never seen Princess Bride. Oh, you've never seen it? And I keep being challenged it's by fine. a friend of mine saying, watch the movie. It's overrated. And I can't find it. It's a fine movie, but yeah. it's I don't know why people lose their minds over it. That's one of the ones the we truth. talked about that they, they should never remake. No. Because I don't think you can. It won't work. Looper, you could remake. Yeah. <laughs> and that <laughs> Call one, it something else. <laughs> that one I don't think is a, necessarily a classic. No. But it, it was an interesting movie. It was interesting. Uh, I'd have to see it again. I remember watching it thinking it was good, and then now, the longer I think about it, I'm like, it wasn't really that good. I well, people, aren't, people aren't talking about it anymore. No, I haven't watched it again. I don't know if they were talking about it when it came out. They kind of were. Oh, Ryan Johnson got Star Wars based on it, so there you go. Was that, one, was that the movie that got him? I don't know. That was the only one I knew him from. All I remember was there was that other one with, was it, I forget who the actor was that could teleport around. Was that Ryan Johnson? I don't know. I don't remember who. Hank Christensen yeah. was on that. And I remember oh, watching that Oh, what was the name of that movie? It's not, uh, Jumper. Yes. Looper Jumper. Yeah. Looper Jumper. And between the two, I liked Looper better. Yeah, Looper's better. Jumper's not good, I don't think. Wasn't Samuel L. Jackson in Jumper? Who knows? He's in a lot he's, of movies. It, he's in a lot of movies. He's six degrees of Kevin yeah, Bacon. He's in a lot of movies. Anymore. What if what if we did also we were I was talking earlier night with people and someone brought up have you seen the movie Piranha Three Double D and I said oh my god yeah what if we did like once a quarter or once a month we did Tim and Dustin watch this notoriously awful movie like Samurai Cop or that could be a live streamer or pretty much any movie I have on the wall no not any of them I'm not sitting through uh, we we gotta start our Ancient Aliens. Uh, I'm not sitting through Eat Your the Skin. Mon- or the, mon- the Monster's Christmas? Nah, I ain't sitting through that. But there's a lot of really bad movies out there, like uh, Birdemic. Never even heard of that oh, one. Oh, it's bad. Uh, like I said, Samurai Cop. We could revisit The Room. The, the, room, is, the room is a goodie. The Room is a good one. The yeah. Room is probably one of my favorite movies ever. That, 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 <laughs> you stared at me. That, 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 that's high praise. That's why I'm staring at like, Of all your list of top ten there's, movies. There's few movies the that I have so much fun with. The Room is that movie. You, you, where that's, still, that's a comfort movie. You go back and watch that one. Oh, lot, yeah. I just you? told Amanda last night we need to watch The Room again sometime because it's been two months since we've seen it. It's so quotable. It's, uh, is there I mean, usually it's wine involved with watching The Room? We usually drink during yeah. it. But it's also fun with people, so... Like a screening of it is fine because right. you know what's coming and it's like, ah, it's so weird. It's such a weird movie. It is. And it's I've a never... poorly made movie, but it, I'd, but it, it, I've fallen it's, it, it's not bad. It's, it's not a bad movie. Bad. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, it's a poorly made movie that I enjoy for it being poorly made, and but I, it's funny. I do think the disaster artist helps you appreciate how bad the room is. Hey, you don't need it. No, you don't need it, but the comments that they make when they're filming Tommy doing stuff and, yeah. the, and the comments I think the book making, did better justice to the room than oh, well, the yeah. movie did. We've talked about that. Yeah. Like the him doing the, I didn't do it, no, I didn't yeah. hit her, 
and the fact that it took 60 some takes and he walks out and can't remember his line and everyone on the cast on the crew is it's a funny scene in the movie it gets even funnier from the disaster artist about how many times it took him to make that bad of a scene you can just watch the room and it's it's relish all by it's, itself. yeah yes. it's, it's bizarreness more hitchcock we haven't talked much about hitchcock I'm still learning to appreciate Hitchcock. It's he's not an acquired taste, but he's he's not a he's casual. Pro, he's prolific though. He has like what fifty eight yeah. movies or something like that. Not all of them are good, at all. Even he says when I read the book, uh, he in the interview he says that Truffaut, Truffaut and Hitchcock. He even talks about the movies, which is nice hearing coming from Hitchcock. Like I made this mistake here, and I shouldn't have done that there because a lot of the times when you hear directors talk, they act like their work is. I'm looking at you, George Lucas. The epitome of all cinema. But. So I'd like to talk more about Hitchcock. I'm going to talk more about John Waters. I'm currently reading his Role Models book. You've been reading that book for like a year. No, not that one. Oh. I just got it down. I, I just don't pulled get it down John from Waters. Amazon a couple weeks ago, I think. Because I read a review of his new book that came out. And I loved his book, Carsick, that came out a couple years ago. John Waters is like your thing, though, where it's movies it, made for the sake of being weird or... But then you start reading about his, who he was and the movies he makes and all that. It's like, they're even more entertaining and enjoyable. Because he's still just... Pink Flamingos. Oh, I love Pink Flamingos. You would. However, I saw it when I was in college way back in the 80s. And I have refused to watch it since. Uh-oh. Because Maybe you won't love it now. I know, that's the thing. I don't, I don't want that experience and that memory to be tainted. I had the same problem with Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation is good. I loved I that so much when it first came out and I'm afraid watching it again it won't be as good as I remember it. Lost in Translation, if I remember right, wasn't that kind of like Bill Murray's Come back. return? Yeah. Because yeah. he had some, I don't know what his problem was there for a while, but I watched an interview recently with Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus was talking about his career. He was talking about when he was acting alongside Bill Murray and what about Bob? And I guess Bill Murray was just a complete a hole. And he said he well, was kind of he was mm-hmm. awful. But that was kind of right when he started to fade out. So I don't know if something was going on in his life that Well also that was kind of the character he played in the movie. It was he's supposed but, to be annoying and so Yeah, but of- no, he was like in the way Richard Dreyfus described it was his borderline alcoholic like he was drunk a lot during the uh. movie and I guess he was not an enjoyable drunk. <laughs> at the time but that was right yeah so who knows and i guess that was around the time too where like him and harold ramus had a falling out and they didn't talk to so each other he was just having a rough patch yeah they didn't talk to each other and i think harold ramus died and he didn't oh that's right because then he regretted that uh-huh was it the oscars yeah because he he presented he he nominated for best screenwriting or whatever <laughs> it was yeah which was funny that was good that was good i like bill murray yeah, we've talked I mean, about, I don't we've know talked about having personally. a Bill Murray movie series. Yeah, Bill Murray marathon. We could, do, we could do a whole year of programming with Bill Murray movies. Yeah. Life Aquatic, I think, is... So I've never seen that one. Life Aquatic's good. So you want to watch John Waters movies? I think I think you should... Nah, have you seen I'm any good. of them? Nah, I'm good. This don't seem like my style. You should at least watch Pecker. Nah, yeah. I'll pass. Because that era of his movies were more were made for more mass appreciation. So there's Crybaby with Johnny Depp, Drunk Hairspray. Yeah, I don't like Hairspray. I guess I have seen. I, I don't like Hairspray. Is that one of the, is that one of my favorite movies of his? But he still was making movies for the 
in yeah. one mass audience than Pinkwell yeah, Mendoza it's or Divine just Trouble. Not my... It's like David Lynch. Eraserhead. I watched Eraserhead because everyone was telling me, oh, David Lynch, David Lynch, and I keep hearing about David Lynch. And I watched Eraserhead, and I appreciated it for how surreal it is, and I get that point. But there's a certain level where I kind of still want some inkling of a plot. Did you watch Elephant Man? Not in a long... I, I think I've seen it at some point, if I remember right. I think it scared me. Because that, that was his growing up movie, or transition movie from... Yeah, because then he did like blue. To... Was a blue velvet and yeah, and I haven't seen that. I haven't seen. Like I said, I haven't seen. But he's not one that I'm like. I just have to go watch David Lynch movies because I don't have time. If I had time every night to go home and pop a movie in, I wish. You can watch The Room every week. No, I would not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be too much there. But yeah, there's just certain things, right? I just don't have time. The other things to yeah. do. Well, that's the thing is, there's so much. And they're not high on my list There's of, like, huge, I need to see that. A huge library of movies to talk about, and they're always making more. Yeah, it's so you're never going to see every movie. You're never going to read every book. It's, it's just, you got to pick. Yeah. I'm just saying that thing. there's always be things for us to talk about. Right. Or one day we'll just play Monopoly on air, so that would be... We could. <laughs> so if you folks out there have comments, questions, or suggestions for Season 2, we're taking a break for... Two, three weeks? Yeah. We still have movies, though. So Yeah, to enjoy our summers. Yes. Somewhat. And also so you can start preparing for your tests. I mean, I've been preparing for a year. Well, I know that, but <laughs> you're getting into Sick of reading. The, the home stretch. Yep, I'm in the home stretch. Hey, and then I could fail and drop out of college and make uh, experimental films. You could. Or work as a bartender. No. Drop out of college and make experimental <laughs> films. <laughs> so let's do a throwback. So early on in season one, Uh-oh. where we did movie trivia questions. Oh, yeah, that was early. I picked up We Love Movies, the <laughs> trivia card game from Dollar Tree. And these seem very difficult. I, I We did a quick run of a few of them before. They were not. And they're very, very challenging. I hope you stumped me on one that's really easy. That'll be great. So It is late at this point. It is late, audience, and we, so we both have I've been working up, all day. Yeah, I've been up for a while. I was teaching summer camps all afternoon. I was teaching photography to six preteens. I had doctor's appointments. It's 95 degrees out and humid. Yeah. So everyone's just tired and miserable. Yeah. And you and you and you played doctor. I didn't play it. I went to it and then. And then uh, you prepared for. Prepared for the Stanley Kubrick talk. Went to work. Now I'm here. And then you got off work late, didn't you? Later than you thought. Yeah. So. So we'll see if my brain's still working. Well, I think these questions <laughs> are appropriate for the mental state for, we are in. All right. Brain drain. It's a multiple choice. There are three movies. I'll try to do it without reading With, them. Well, no, you, you have to have for this question. Oh, okay. Which is an animated film? Oh, God. Tangled, Maleficent, Into the Woods. Tangled. Correct. I mean, technically, all of them have a lot of aspects yeah. of animation, so. <laughs> here, where's my movie? Oh, my movie game's still here. Yeah. Dustin is using the... All right. What is it? Movies? Movies trivia, trivia game. game. I don't know where I got this. Oh, I think Amanda bought it. Oh, yeah, this is the one where you get to pick, but I'm going to pick for you. Yeah, you pick for me. Number, question number three. This is horror slash sci-fi. Oh, this is weird. <laughs> it always happens. I where... literally just picked this up. This is not a joke. Who does Joe have to kill in Looper to stop Rainmaker? 
Bob. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember character names. Himself. Oh. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Weird. It, I don't like that. It's creepy. That was weird. We've done that before though with this. I know that was weird. All right, your turn. Um. True or false? The 2015 film Star Wars, Episode Seven, is subtitled "The Force Reborn." <laughs> False. That's a better title than <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Who stars as an English teacher in Dead Poets Society? Tim. That'd be Robin Williams. That would be Robin Williams. Ding, ding, ding. We should show that ding, one, too. Ding, ding. I don't like that movie. I think I want to like it, but I never do. I know. It's one of those that's... You're, we're supposed to like they it? talk it up because, yeah, he's fighting the man with the power of poetry. <laughs> I don't think that's a sub. I don't think that's a subtype for that movie. No, but, but that's what it's about. Well, Tim, this concludes season one of From the Proscenium. We'll see if my contracts renewed. That's true. I'm in we, negotiations. We have to check with our producer Bob. I know. Oh yeah, where's Bob tonight? Bob's over on the counter, on the kitchen counter. Oh yeah, he's pointing at a bottle of water. He's thirsty. I want water. That's yeah, Bob. Bob. Any more money for next season, pal? That's true. Not Tim, he's less. But I get my pay increase for being editor. See, you let in a lot of bleeps and bloops in that last... Which one was it where your mic was acting goofy? Oh, that Midsummer. was... Midsummer. Yeah, I have no the idea. aliens were talking through and you. I, I need to check. It doesn't look like I'm bleeping and blooping now, so I have yeah. no idea what happened on that one. That was annoying. That was extremely annoying. Yeah. Like enough, I didn't talk that much, and it was a short episode. Oh, yeah. Different strokes for different folks. Anything else to wrap up season one for for Dustin? Um, other than my contracts under negotiation, no, I got no. nothing. I got nothing. We'll it's still, been a long. Been, <laughs> we should have recorded this at nine in the morning. It would have been more uh, pliable. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm signing and, off. This as, is me signing off. As always, and you can email us at podcast at persiniafilmsociety.org. We will be monitoring Twitter and Instagram and posting. I'll still be posting. Yeah, we'll stuff. still be posting that stuff. Dustin is on Twitter at Persinia Film. I am on Instagram at Persinia Film. We also are active on Facebook at Persinia Film Society. We will be showing movies at the Mayflower Art Center and other places around the Dayton area during our break from the podcast. And what else? I think we should all ask Dustin to play. Some noises out for us because the first oh, yeah, part of the season we got rid of it. We got rid of it, and I think we need to wrap up the season with you playing us out. Doo, 